Good morning and happy Friday, my fellow lords, my fellow kings. Welcome to another episode of the Lords of Capital. If you've been listening, congratulations, especially if you've been taking my advice, because looking back at the track record, I've been pretty spot on on a lot of the things that you're now hearing. Yesterday, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I reposted, well, earlier in the week, I reposted an article talking about CEOs and their workforce and their plans going forward about downsizing. And guess who was at risk? Yes, that's right. Remote workers. And that's exactly what I was talking about in the episode, which was titled, Is the Great Resignation a Trap? And in there, I talk about hoppers and remote people. And I think that's a good tailwind into some of the topics that I want to talk to today. I wanted to talk through a model that I ran, a regression model that I ran a few months back. Uh, about equities in the market and again if you're listening to me and know a little bit about me i'm a cpa here i have my own practice in houston texas and i specialize in tax and transactions i also help a lot of clients as a fractional cfo and i love the market so i talk a lot about the market and how that relates to what I do day in, day out is the market has an impact at the individual and the business level. There's an idea out there called the wealth effect and that when equities go down, people feel poor and they spend less money. But also equities reflect what we think about the future because again, what, what something is valued is based upon what we think they're going to make in the future and then we discount that back so it's an expectation about the future as well and the future impacts everyone so i just wanted to make that connection i wanted to make clear who i am and what i do and why i like to talk about the things that i like to talk about so again, I want to talk about that model, what I ran, what it means. I will post a picture of the updated model that I ran, give you my thoughts on that. Wanted to talk a little bit about culture and I want to connect that to business. So I'm going to talk about the news that just came out about Tom Brady and Giselle. And I want to make that connection to business. I think that there is a good analogy there that we can take and that we can use. Analogies are powerful. They communicate things that might be difficult to communicate. Otherwise, they abstract very complex things and help us understand the essence of things better. Okay. And I also want to talk about, there was a post that I saw on LinkedIn and it was a poll and the poll was, as we go further 
into the unknown of today's economic conditions, what do you consider to be your guiding principles? And there were four choices and I was, I, I took the poll and so I got the results and I was taken back on the, the responses. So the, the answers that you, that you could have given were vision, mission, values, and culture. So I picked mission as being the, what is the most, what is most important to, to business. And that was the last, that got last place, which I think is completely wrong. And so I want to talk a little bit about that as well. So let's get into today's topics. The first thing, the regression model. So I ran a regression model a few months back. I think it was maybe a year ago. And that model, what a regression model does is it takes two data points. It takes a variable and you then make a hypothesis on what you think is the independent variable and what you think is the dependent variable. So you're making a hypothesis and saying, hey, I think this thing has a relationship to this other thing. And that's called a regression model. And so you can you can run some analysis on that. And regression models are very useful. They they communicate relationships. They communicate that how one thing might affect another thing. And so this model that I ran was based upon a book that I read called Ahead of the Curve. I've made recommendations about it many times. It's a great book. It was written by a Harvard economics professor, I believe. He has since passed away. But this was his magnum opus. It was, I believe, one of his best works. I I do think that he wrote some other books. And this was one of the best books that I've ever read on being ahead of the curve. And this book was based upon the idea that if we see where spending is going, we can see where the economy is going, we can see where equities are going. And so the measure of that is personal consumption expenditures. And that's based upon the idea that our economy is measured in GDP. And if you look at the breakout of our economy, you will see that spending is about 70% industrial spending is about 20 20 to 30 percent and the residual is government spending and so personal spending personal consumption is a big driver you you might be hearing a lot about that in the news about pce and how the federal reserve actually likes looking at that data point to measure inflation and So this model is based upon the idea that if we can look at where spending is going, the rate of change of spending, not month over month, but year over year. And the book breaks down on why year over year is actually a better way of to assess trend than a month over month analysis. And I highly recommend that part. I believe he called it rocket and it it stands for rate of change economic tracking. I think that's what it stood for and i like that so i i have i've since then have even used that in some of the models that i use for my clients in regards to forecasting and cfo reports 
I really love the idea of rate of change year over year. And um, so um, he, he, he ran, he, there's a lot of useful charts in there. Again, go get the book. And if, if you don't read anything, just look at the charts, because I think the charts communicate a lot of information, which is that there is a relationship between how spending changes and how the economy changes and how equities change. And so I ran a regression model and it was actually a really strong model. Um, there's a, I, there's a, a measure in there that talks about the fitness of the model or how or, or how close these things are actually related. So the closer to one you get is you basically have a one-to-one -one relationship and the further away that you get, the less, the relationship is weaker. It's not as strong. And so the model that I ran was actually 0.92, which is almost one, which is self-explanatory. This is not like I've discovered anything new, but I will say that the models that he had are old and they haven't been updated. And it's really hard to actually find some, this, this information. It's not, it's not readily available, uh, available. So if you go look for these charts and go look for some updated data points on this, I, it, you're not going to find it. So you have to, you have to create these things by yourself. So I ran the model and when I ran the model, I saw that, um, <clears throat> so a regression model, what it gives you is a Y equals MX plus B formula. It gives you a um, because there's a regression here and these variables fit, you can, um, you can, can make a linear model, which a linear model is just essentially a, you can create a trend. You can create a line based upon that formula that the regression model gives you. So that's the point is that you can run a model and then you can get an equation that shows you how to project that dependent variable out and that's useful and so when i ran this model um <clears throat> i looked at what the index was i looked at what the indexes combined indexes should be based upon that regression model so i ran i had a projected indexes combined and I had an actual indexes and I compared them and then I took the averages and I created I looked at you know how far the indexes are in respect to the averages I looked at two standard deviations out and I looked at three standard deviations and what are standard deviations well it's it's a measure of it it's a way to look at how, how far you are from, from the average, you know, because there's an, there's a concept called regression to the mean and that we have these averages and of course things move up and things move down, but we always regress to the mean. So standard deviation shows you how far you are and two standard deviations. I believe it's, it's, if you look at, all the data, 68% of the, the time, the data is gonna be within two standard deviations. And then I think it's, um, um, when it comes to three standard deviations, it's like only, it's, it's very small. I think when I say it's less than 5% of the time, will you have uh, data points that are outside of that. So I'm sorry if I butchered that, 
I understand this. I took a statistics class in college and I've really enjoyed it and I've kept up with it. And so it's, um, you know, it's not very often that you have to just describe or explain these things to people. So if I butchered it, I'm sorry. If you need any clarification, let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to elaborate or to do a video on uh, this, these things that I'm talking about in the future. Uh, but again, so the idea is, let me chart it out. And what I found from there is that we were far out from the average is far out. I mean, three standard deviations out, maybe four. It was, it was crazy. If you just look at what the projected indexes should be and where the actual index is or was, and it was just so far. And so you can see the chart is really interesting because you can look at it and you can see here's the projected index. Here's the actual index. And it regresses to the mean. Over time, it regresses to the mean. And so we were just so far out from where the projected index should have been or was projecting to be. And spending was turning over. We were at peak spending. And so this was the basis of where I was saying that we were, it just looks like we were at an inflection point. What goes up must go down. What goes down, the only direction you can go is up. And that is a, a good, that's a life analogy as well. It's, it's true. It's how, it's the essence of how things work. And so I thought we were there, thought we were at the top. I talked about it. So I've, I've ran an, an, an updated model and I, I will post it in the comments and my LinkedIn. So follow me. And, and uh, we're still far out, we're still about two standard deviations out. So you would expect maybe some regression to the mean. And the thing about regression to the mean is, you know, they had they talk about riding the waves and waves go up and they go down. And that's how time works. It, you know, if you think about reality and the wave particles, and how, how reality functions, how it how it is, it functions like a wave. And so that's how time functions as well. It's up and down, up and down. And so when you're regressing back to the mean, it doesn't just go to the mean, it typically overcorrects. And that's when there's opportunity there. So I wanted to give an update on that. I also wanted to talk about, again, Tom Brady and Giselle and how that relates to business. That when I got the news and I saw that, I, I still, so that was earlier in the week. I'm, I haven't heard uh, a lot since. It's not like I'm, you know, I try to keep up with these things. It just, it just popped up. Uh, it was a, um, an Apple notification or something to that effect. I just remember it popping up and thinking, wow, and really surprised. And it actually made me reflect personally and just think about my family, my relationships my relationship with my wife and just made me really think just because you look at Tom Brady and here's this guy who's an amazing athlete so many people look up to he is the epitome of the ideal when it comes to his accomplishments in sports and we thought life but maybe maybe not life maybe it was just sports I don't know I don't really know the facts but what what I do know is it just sounds like Giselle was upset because Tom has not been around and that's important. And so it, it looks like there was some, some, some issues around him 
coming out of retirement and going back to play the game. And that's what led to the situation here. So I bring this up because there's so many arguments out there about remote work and about that you don't need to be in the office to work. And I agree. You don't need to be in the office to work. You don't need to be in the office to do what you need to do. If that was the only thing that mattered in business, if doing what you needed to do was the only thing that mattered, then that would be okay. But that is not the only thing that matters. If you're building something, if you are building relationships, if you're building a business, if you're servicing people, you need to be around those people that you're doing those things with in order to have a better team, a better relationship, a better company. And so I base these things when when this idea of remote work came out during COVID, I was first to say that it would never work out. At least when it comes to my connections, I have close to 5,000 connections on LinkedIn. And I was, from my purview, I was one of the first to come out and say that this is not going to work. At the peak of when everyone said this is the new, the new model, this is the new economy. And that was based upon, so give you some inside baseball on how I think, and is that was based upon history. I believe that there is nothing new under the sun. History repeats itself, that there are these patterns that repeat themselves. And I have never seen or know of a successful organization, an ideal organization that has has been able to accomplish without having a place of congregation. So I didn't I didn't think that that was going to be practical. There may be some models and some some businesses that that it works with. I think that's the exception. There's always exception. I talked about that in my last episode about the exception and there's always an exception. So there are exceptions. Of course there are. But I don't think it's the default. And I think you really have to look at what happened with Tom and Giselle and you need to extract the lessons from that. Tom is goat. He's the goat. They say the greatest of all time when it comes to what he's been able to accomplish in the game. I don't think we'll, will ever have a Tom Brady, but yet he's, he failed at keeping his family together. And that is something to meditate on. It's something to think about. And why? Because of the lack of presence, it looks like. The lack of being around which impacts relationships. And so if you're not forming relationships with the people you work with, with your company, with your leaders, it's easy to say goodbye to you. 
because there's no relationship, which is why I've been saying that the first to go are going to be the remote workers. There's no, there's no relationship there. There's no talking in the morning around the coffee about family and your kids and the games that they've played. There's none of that. You don't get that on Microsoft Teams. It doesn't happen. So there's a place for remote. In our business, it's an exception. We make exceptions. We have flexibility, but 80% of the time, people are here. And I've been pretty clear about that. And why? Because relationships, and we want to be great. And if you want to be great, then look at history. Look at the great organizations. Look at look at faith. Look at Christianity, who has, what, billions of followers? Look at how they operate. Take those commonalities and apply them in your business. And that's one of the commonalities is being together, congregating. Okay, moving on. I like that topic, though. Maybe I will bring it up again next week. I spent a lot of time on the first topic here, which is understandable. It's a regression models and statistics can be a pretty heavy subject. So let's move on. Okay, last topic really quick. Give an analogy. So I'm definitely going to have to come back to this one. And that is that what do you believe is the most important to your business? I that was the question that was the poll there was four answers vision mission values and culture and mission was last and so let me end with an analogy here okay so mission is where you're going it's the star it's the destination it's why you get in the car in the first place values are the rules oh i'm sorry culture or is is the rules so that's the written and unwritten rules right so when you get in the car and you drive there are rules and then there are courtesies so maybe you have the right away but there is a family that wants to walk across the road so you let them go even though even though maybe you you were there you had the right away you could go so though that, that that would be like an unwritten rule so there's the written rules and the unwritten rules. Values, I was reading about that this morning because I needed to refresh myself on what values are. Values are I don't think that they are created as so much as they are they emerge. So what you value emerges. I don't think anyone can even like think about your children. If you have children and you want them to be in sports and do they value sports or not? Like if, if they love baseball, they're going to love baseball. If they don't, they're not going to. And it's not something that you can control. It's not something that you can dictate. So that's what I, I think. I think values are. And so you need to know your values. I don't think you have as much control on creating those. I think they take a long time to evolve over time. Because again, just think about what I just said, like kids and kids playing sports and 
you want them to love something, but if they don't love it, they don't love it. So values are what are who you are and they emerge. And so if you're building a business, the business reflects you, you ultimately find people with that affinity, but you can't, you can't really change people. It's hard, especially as they get older. So you need to know who, who, what your values are, but I don't think you can create those. So that's my point on values. Okay. I'm not sure what vision, I feel like vision and mission are, are really the same thing. So maybe that's what people were, were thinking about when they selected vision, which interestingly was the second to last thing. But anyway, it's, it's what's most important. What's most important. If you, if you're, if you're going on a trip, what's most important. I think the rules are important, but the most important thing is where are you going? That's why I think mission is the most important thing. You need to orient yourself. You need to know where you're going. And it's okay if that changes. If you're getting on in the road and you're heading down to Colorado and then you realize you want to, you know, there's there's a destination that's nearby and you want to take a detour, that's okay. But you need to know where you're going. And I think that the responses to the answers here are um, the, the responses and the answers here are indicative of just culture and the scientific movement and linear thinking in that the past 150 years, we've really, we've really focused on the what and the how, and we've, we've neglected the why. And, and, I, and I think that that is what is causing slowing growth, lack of progress, because if you don't know where you're going, if you don't have a mission, if you don't have a purpose, then you don't even have a, a, a motivational structure in place that can propel you forward. And so you just kind of sit there and meander and waste away. And so I think that mission is the most important thing, my fellow Lords. Hey, this was Lords of Capital. This is Joe with jackcpa.com. Hey, go to our website, jackcpa.com. Really easy to remember. If you'd like to talk, we have a listing of some of the things that we can help you with if you're a business. We do some individuals as well. We mostly like to focus on businesses, but hey, we love the individuals as well. So I hope to get to know you more. Share this podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Have a great weekend. Love you.